Welcome to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. This week's message is Reunion Part 5, Vows. Recorded Sunday, October 10th, 2021. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, please let us know by sending an email to podcast at thirdcityc.org. Now here's Scott with today's message. I am really excited about today uh, because of what we're talking about and because it culminates everything we've talked about to this point for about a month. And uh, let me just ask you a question. You look back on, if you're married, you look back on your wedding. What do you remember about it? What do you remember about that day? What comes to mind? I mean, do you think about how if you would have put the money you put in your wedding into the mortgage of your house, how much further ahead you'd be right now? Did you, do you think about the drama that your wedding party experienced? Uh, do you think about how all the tuxes didn't fit and you had to scramble to get that figured out? Do you remember the first kiss that you had with your spouse? Maybe that's it. Or the wave of relief as you're walking down that aisle to leave that wedding ceremony? Or maybe you remember the the honeymoon somehow. Maybe you remember that resort and how beautiful it was. I don't know. When I think back, there's some things that come to mind. And like we lost the rings for about an hour. That was stressful. That was stressful. It might have been somebody's fault that's here today. Uh, I, think about, uh, I think about seeing Jackie walk down the aisle. I, I remember that as if, as if it were yesterday. Because she looks the same as she looked when she She's amazing. But I remember that. Uh, sometimes I remember the hotel suite that we had our honeymoon in. It had a round bed. I'd never seen a round bed before. It was awesome. Uh, of all the great memories, I have to be frank with you. I don't remember the words of the vows. Not, I mean, like I could just say them. I remember in general what we said. But I wouldn't be able to stand here and just say these were the words that I promised. And, and I wonder if maybe we do miss the point of the importance of that day because of the other stuff we throw into our big day. I mean, if you had to right now recite the very vows that you spoke to your betrothed at that moment, could you do it? Unless they're the most traditional vows, I would say probably not. I think the world's view about marriage continues to rob us of enjoying God's best in regard to the greatest institution which he's given us, and that is the marriage between a man and a woman. And the reason so many marriages are just existing and not thriving is because many married couples, including Christian married couples, lack this understanding. And this is what we've been saying all month. Healthy, lifelong marriages begin and are sustained and are envisioned by God. The prophet Malachi was sent by God to scold people about 3,000 years ago, the priests and the men of Judah, because the people had failed God. They had failed God by not honoring their wedding vows. Here's what he says in chapter 2. Another thing you do, you flood the Lord's altar with tears. You weep and wail because he no longer looks at favor on your offerings 
or accepts them with pleasure from your hands. In other words, they were going to church. They were seeking God's blessing. God's blessing was nowhere to be found. Their lives weren't going well, and they couldn't understand it. And so he says, you ask why? It is because the Lord is the witness between you and the wife of your youth. The Lord is the witness. Hear that? That's really crucial in, in talking about marriage. You have been unfaithful to her, though she's your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. Key little passage. Has not the one God made you? Has not the one God made you? You belong to him in body and in spirit. And what does the one God seek? Godly offspring. So be on your guard. And do not be unfaithful to the wife of your youth. The man who hates and divorces his wife, says the Lord, the God of Israel, does violence to the one he should protect, says the Lord Almighty. If your vows are the last thing that you remember, maybe there's a reason why we find ourselves in the condition we do today. So the question has to be asked, what did it mean when you said, I do? What does it mean? Let me remind you from the scripture what I do means. I do means, first of all, I will. I will. I will, I will do some things first. It means I will be the first to forgive. I will be the first to try to make things better. And when God leads in marriage, relationships live by some truths. It's not what I said, it's rather what did you hear. I have to be aware of that. It's not I take you for me, but rather I give myself to you. It asks, what may I do for you? How can I give to you? It means that I will lead out with the heart of, I will give 100% plus to help meet your needs, your dreams, as it fits God's dreams for the two of us. That's what it means. It never says, well, I have to do this, or I guess I better, or else. It's rather... I want to do all that I can to love you according to God's promises to me and mine to him. Our marriage ministry at Third City, we've tried all of these years to help our premarital couples know that the vows they make have nothing to do with signing a piece of paper. Like, like it's, it's, this isn't like some government vow. It's it's something that's, that's done between God and two people. And we, we talk a lot about the triangle of love, like God, you and her, you, know, you and him, however you want to lay that out. It's a permanent promise. It's not a contract. A contract is designed to limit, to limit my responsibility to increase my rights. If I sign a contract, it basically says, I'm going to go as far as I have to in order to give you what I have to so I get what I want. And that is how America has taken marriage, unfortunately. Contracts now are important if you're buying something from a stranger, you know, a house or a car. 
But contracts don't work with our most important relationships, with this, this spouse that we have now entered into covenant with, with children, with parents, with someone we're betrothed to, we're engaged to. No. Contracts look for loopholes. And when trouble comes, when tension comes, then that's when we say, you're not keeping your end of the bargain. I'm doing all this. Where are you at? It's the arguments that all of us know happen. It's what is in this for me? It seems like I'm always doing this for you. What's in this for me? I can't tell you how many sad meetings I've had with couples asking those questions. That's not a covenant. A covenant is the highest form of trust. And when a couple says, I do, if they're in covenant, the understanding is it's unconditional. And that means they're going to lean on their vows when there's fraction, when there's stress, when there's frustration. And they're going to look back on those vows, not just when there's joy, hopefully then, but also when there's concern. The vows become the marker of time that they draw back on when things aren't so good. And they will be the first, they being each person individually toward each other because of God, they'll be the first to forgive, the first to take the step into reconciliation, the first to, to go forward in faith. So that's what I do means. It also means this, I intend. I intend to keep God in focus. Something that happens in many vows, most of them, that, at least the ones that I present to people is, you say something like this, so help me God. And if I intend to keep God in the focus, what can happen is when I start to forget, then I remember that God is in this. Or when I get overconfident, traditional vows have this strong language that make these audacious promises, for better or for worse, for richer for poor, in sickness and in health, to love, honor, and cherish until what? Death do us part. Those are, those are nutty promises, I'm telling you. Now, reading that list just reminds me how completely God has to be in that. The vows state, so help me God. Now, when you try to remember your vows, what part do you think about? Do you think about for richer or poorer and sickness and health? Or do you think about that phrase, so help me God? I think for many of us, the problem with that statement, so help me God, is the inflection by which we say it. It's kind of like we're, it's like, like some pledge we memorize when we're in second grade about a flag. I pledge allegiance to the flag of the United States of America. Oh, help me, God, or under God, on one nation or God. I think that's what it says, right? And it's like this monotone, like, uh, 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 uh. Or, or maybe for us, it's kind of like the, you know, you're at court, you're at traffic court, you're going to put, your, you're going to testify, you're going to put your hand on a Bible, and, and then you, you know, right hand, and, whatever, and then you say, so help me, God. That's, that's the wrong way. Here, here's the way that this should sound when it comes to our vows. So help me, God. Help me. 
because there's no way I can do this without your help. And that's just the fact, man. I need God to love another person unconditionally. I need God at the core when I'm worse, when I'm poorer, when I'm sick, and when I'm dying, or vice versa. Only God can get you through that stuff. Because that's the truth. I mean, by making him our one, he makes us one. And you will not do it right unless he's your one. Now, here's a third thing. When we say I do, it means I do intend to keep my vows. Here's a crucial statement. From this day forward, there are people in this room, you might be one of them, like you're seething inside right now. You're like, I have failed, or someone's failed me more than, more than likely is how you feel. And you regret your vows. You regret being so naive at such a young age to make such an audacious promise. You still wish you could have done something different. You still wish you could have changed the last 5, 10, 20, 30 years. More importantly, in your mind, you wish they would have changed those things. And the answer to that heart-sick position is not found in a counselor's office or, God help us all, in a lawyer's office or in the arms of another broken human being. Now, this is really good news, by the way. I know it sounds harsh, but the good news is that your vows answer this dilemma. In the vows, you probably said something like this, from this day forward. And those four little words are maybe the most important words in the promise. That's the power of the vow. The power of your vow is it doesn't matter what happened yesterday. It doesn't matter. Did, did you mess up when you were dating? Okay, it's in the past. Have you struggled with communication this week? Okay, that's in the past. Have you said some things you wish you could take back? Okay. Have you done a few things you regret? Be honest. It doesn't matter. Why doesn't it matter? It doesn't matter because it's all redeemable. That's why. Because that's in the past if you're walking forward with God. I like how Lamentations puts it. Chapter 3. I remember my affliction and my wandering, the bitterness and the gall. Some of you would say, yeah, that sounds like my marriage for the first 20 years. I will remember them. And my soul is downcast within me, yet... This I call to mind, and therefore I have hope. Because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. For his compassions never fail. They are new every morning. Great is whose faithfulness? God's faithfulness. Not hers. Not his. Your faithfulness. So I say to myself, the Lord is my portion, therefore I will wait for him. The Lord is good to those whose hope is in him, to the one who seeks him. It is good to wait patiently for the salvation of the Lord. She ain't going to save you, man. Nor is he. But he will. I am encouraging you to do this from this day forward. To make the simple decision to renew your vow from here on out, 
We're going to invite you into something a little bit later. And some of you will take the invitation. Some won't. It's okay. You do what's right. You do what's right in your heart at that moment. We're going to invite you to take a simple vow step forward with God. And because of that, it's going to change how you love somebody else. That's as simple as that. Now, maybe you feel like the damage is too great. Maybe you feel like there's too much to overcome. Well, if you don't have any faith in God, you're probably right. But if you trust God, you're dead wrong. Life and years of learning have taught me a lot of things in the school of I do. I can love well, not because of me, but because of he, that he first loved me. And looking back over the years, Jackie and I have asked this very question over again, maybe not literally, but when better has devolved into worse, when poorer has gotten the best of us, it's happened, when sickness, physical, emotional, psychological sickness is in play, the vows always mean from this day forward, over and again, not living in the past, walking forward together. I'm taking responsibility because I'm God's man. Jackie's saying, I'm taking responsibility because I'm his daughter. Couple minutes, I'm going to give you a vow that reunites your promise, a way to reunite your promise with God. You know, this happened some time ago. I'll never forget it. It was one of the great moments in my ministry, I got to be honest. Very young. I was probably like four years in, I don't know, something like that. And I was ministering to this elderly couple. Now, he had dementia and had it for a couple years, so he had declined. And she had just you know, over the time, and I saw this happen, took more and more care of him. Like, like that was her life. And, and I, you know, I knew this family pretty well. I knew some of their kids. As time was coming down, you know, it was, it was, they, it was like a hospice situation. He was at home. And so I spent quite a bit of time in and out of the house. And I remember one day I was sitting there talking to one of the daughters. And I said, man, I'm just remarkable about how your mom's taking care of your dad. It's just been fun to watch. And she said things like, yeah, they just kind of do that, and yeah, they've been there for each other, and yeah, they just keep plugging along. I remember that was said. It wasn't like a ringing endorsement of what I had noticed. It was more like, yeah, that's just what they do. Well, then she started telling me about a real rough patch in their life. And she was a child. She witnessed this very difficult time where dad was absent. He was traveling a lot in his work, and mom got sick. And there was a time she told me that she didn't think their family was going to hold together because dad wasn't there. And then as things progressed, dad came home. He took care of mom in that time as well as he could, still kept his job. But he, she said it was frightening, but, but we didn't know if they'd make it. And so then there's this time a little bit later, I don't know if it was the same day or another day, I can't remember, but I'm, I'm there with her and him, and he's incoherent at the time. And um, I'm talking to her, and I just said, I just think it's marvelous how I've witnessed you take care of him. And I knew some things now that I didn't know before. And, um, and she said something to me, and I don't know if these are the exact words, but I got the point. She said, yeah. That's what I promised I would do when I said I do. Man. That's a lady who understands who her vow is made to. Not just to that guy laying in that bed, 
but the one overall. Your vow is more than a collection of words that you say once and forget. It's a point that you can look back to and say, I made a covenant promise to my spouse, more importantly to my God. And we have high hopes. We are looking for the kind of love from others that God gives. We're looking to be that kind of lover. Perfect. Unending. Unconditional. Sacrificial. He's done it for us. For us, it's a lifelong promise. For better or for worse. For richer or poor. In sickness and in health. To love, honor, and cherish until death do us part from this day forward. Lord, you're perfect. We're not. You show us what love really is. Seems like we're spending a lot of our time trying to mock that with the way we treat each other. And yet sometimes we grasp it and it comes to life and someone forgives something else for something done so horrible that most of the rest of us would say, no, not me. Somebody hurts us so deeply that we think there's no way I could ever overcome this. And then something clicks. And I remember. I didn't make that promise just to that broken person. I made it to a perfect God who loves me that way. And something happens and I go forward again and again and again. And Jesus, you showed us this. As we come into this moment where we remember our covenant with you. And you show us how love works. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Love. 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 Love in this world is pretty messed up. It asks for a lot and it never returns the favor. Love, in my world, well, it brings more trouble than it's worth. In my world, love has felt like... Sabotage. It flees into the night. It, it, it leaves at the first sign of trouble. And it never feels like, I love you no matter what. Because love in my world it leaves. And when it leaves, there's only disaster left. Oh, promise is a lot. But it doesn't deliver much. It breaks hearts. I've picked up the pieces of my broken heart one too many times. So I build walls. Love isn't worth the tears. The pain, the loneliness. The surrender. It's exhausting. Even when you try to do love right, love fails. I have made a mess out of love. What good is it? You can't help me. Why love at all? Why do I even try to love? Why sacrifice to carry the burden? Why? 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 Because there is a perfect love. Perfect love that can end the disaster. A perfect love that can heal the brokenhearted. There is a love that saved those who are dwelling in this messed up world. God tells us about it because we wouldn't recognize it if it showed up on our own doorstep. It's a love that takes its time. It's profound. 
It doesn't brag or badmouth. God's love is like a shield that we know will never leave us. That you can trust. Hoping. And you never, ever exhaust it. That's his kind of love. And it never fails. And while we were keeping records of wrongs and self-seeking and being unkind, he still died for us. How can I love like that? How can I love like that? How can I love like that? Because I am loved like that. I can love well, not because of me, but because he first loved me. One of Jesus's core followers said that. He said that we can love because he first loved us. That's what this whole series has tried to communicate. Because God, you love me, I will love as well as I can. God, you're perfect. I'll never be, except that I'm gonna keep trying. I'm gonna keep trying to give others what you've given me. It's a vow, it's a covenant promise. It works across the board with Christian people. It works, first of all, with our core relationships. If you're a person who's married, or if you're a person who wants to be someday, it's the willingness to say in vow to God, in covenant with God, you first, and then all others because of that. That's what the vow means. My spouse, my fiance, maybe someday if someone fits that bill, my kids, my parents, I'll love. That's the covenant. And, and like I've said today, it's one that we make from this day forward. I don't know where you are with your marriage, with your, with your relationships, your core relationships today. I, I have no way of knowing that. I have enough to deal with on my own. But I do know this. If we walk forward with God, we will love. And it will be good. And over time and over eternity, we will not regret it. And so we're going to invite you to do something today, and some of you can take the invitation, and you'll know it's time. I would say this isn't necessarily something you do with your spouse, although if you want to come together, that's between you and her, him. This is an individual vow to say to God, you first, and because of that, I'll love. And it's just an intention. That's what a vow is. It's a promise of intention from this day forward. If that describes you, we're going to invite you to come forward take one of these loose bricks and stack it to start making a different kind of wall here. A kind of wall of promise. Because he first loved us. Thanks for listening to the Third City Christian Church Podcast. Please join us for one of our worship services at 9, 10, 15, or 11.30 a.m. in Grand Island and at 10, 15 a.m. in Broken Bow on Facebook Live and at thirdcityc.online.church each Sunday. For more information about Third City Christian Church, send email to podcast at thirdcityc.org, call us at 308-384-5038, or visit us online at thirdcityc.org.